welcome in to Big Talk, college sports with a Midwest perspective, blue collar and blue blood. I'm Dalton Shetler. That's Sam Sprunger. Sam, how are we doing this week? I didn't get the memo. I should have dressed up. My whole idea, honestly, it was Halloween and I decided to dress as a professional. Oh, um, okay. so, <laughs> <laughs> it's our one time doing this. That's um, right. But yeah, no, no, no. It, it totally left you hanging there. Hi. Yeah, dry. thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Now I look like I'm just slumming it. <laughs> well, the good news is for the audio audience, they have no idea. So they, I mean, if I hadn't said anything, <laughs> they might have been like, well, Dalton's voice does sound a little odd. Maybe he's dressed up. That would be the only thing. <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, back to talk some more Big Ten football. Big Ten basketball tips off next week. We get the season going. That gets a little shimmy dance out of Sam. Yeah. Plus, we had secret scrimmages that played, too. That's right. Well, and and the idea of having the the air quote uh, secret, as you kind of were doing there, be public this year, I thought it was awesome. We could talk about that a little bit later, too, because we got some great stuff out of that. But why don't we start with Big Ten football since we're in the heart of the season. We're, matter of fact, in the final month of the regular season before we get into postseason. This season flew by. And still, as we're in November right now, Besides the accusation of Michigan's been cheating and that's how they're getting their wins, we don't really know anything new than what we were expecting at the beginning of the season. Including the West. Yeah, I mean, the West West is a four-way tie right now for first place. And, and Nebraska is one game two. out. Nebraska won, uh, Nebraska's in, in the tie. Nebraska's oh, is, are they part two. of the three and two? I'm sorry, Nebraska, yep. the team that we it's, wrote off three weeks ago. Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, and who am I? Wisconsin. Thank you. They were just in my head, and it just left me for whatever reason. But yeah, uh, that four-way tie. (laughs) Probably. That's fair. That's the excuse I'm going to go with. Um, But Nebraska, a three-game win streak. Maybe let's start with the Huskers. They they get a big win over Purdue while only yeah. throwing the ball eleven times in that win against the Boilermakers. Yeah. But for Nebraska, they've turned things around under year one Matt Rule. Yeah, and the you, the 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 crazy stat about that you said how many times they threw the ball Nebraska. Um, Purdue throws the ball most of the time better more, and uh, Heinrich Harburg was the leading passer, which yep. I believe. Sounds to me like a uh, a Nebraska quarterback because I'm not familiar with that name. So I'm and assuming he is a Nebraska quarterback, and he's a local kid too. Like he is all 22 yards. That was the high for throwing. So that tells you what kind of offensive output Purdue put on the board. And that 122 is on six completions. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's effective. Yeah, and he throws yeah. the ball and completes it. Well, and he leads Nebraska in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns now on the year, too. I mean, it's it's yeah. really fascinating. If you go watch Nebraska football, you're kind of looking in the past um, in terms of like style of offense. It's very old school. That doesn't necessarily mean that's what it's going to be forever under Matt Rule. What it means is the Nebraska yes. offense, I think, has lost eight starters for the season due to injury. Yeah. So and putting it together uh, just like as a patch. I don't know if you could hear me through all that. I know we just had some internet connection you, issues. You, yeah, you uh, you jumbled up a little bit. Well, here, let me, I'll re-punctuate the point. But sure. for Nebraska, they, they've lost eight of their original 11 starters to begin the season. So right now, 
uh, they're really just trying to duct tape a fix offensively and just let the defense special teams kind of carry the day and the offense be serviceable to kind of fill in those gaps. Yeah, and we we knew, we know that Matt Rule is a good college coach because he's done it in multiple places. So we've kept saying, even though three weeks ago we were kind of saying, you know, no, Nebraska doesn't look like they're going to do much. We're going to, you know, throw that to Matt Rule trying to get through and redo things. It looks like maybe it's starting to, uh, I mean, three-game win streak. Mm-hmm. They're, they're starting to buy in maybe finally, and it's finally clicking for those guys that he'll have there. He's going to bring new guys in next year too. I think Nebraska is going to be a pretty formidable, uh, you know, school and contender in years if they can rebuild to what Matt Rule can do at, at the college level. And and I have a ton of confidence. Like we were just talking so do about. I. I like I think Matt Rule is going to get this done. And here's what's amazing, Sam. The last time Nebraska got to six wins in bowl eligibility, 2016. And seven years. One with an injury plagued team, Matt Rules got them one win away from being bowl eligible, something they haven't done in seven years. Like that is unbelievable. And 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 his schedule, Michigan State, or their schedules, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa. That's not an easy rest of the schedule. Right. But with the way they're playing, they could get a couple more wins in there. They only need one more, right, to become bowl eligible. So they got Michigan yep. State, which, sorry, Dalton, but that seems like the most likely one that they're going to win. And then he, they could win one of the other three or a couple of the other. But that Michigan State one makes them bowl eligible, and that blows my mind thinking how bad they looked at the beginning of the year against mm-hmm. Minnesota. They they couldn't get out of the way of their own selves. You know, They kept tripping over themselves they didn't look like a team that was going to be very good. It just looked like, well, there's, they're going to have to have confidence in Matt rule and it's going to be turned around. Eventually it's going to take a little bit of time. seems like half a season's the time it took to at least turn it around to be respectable. Well, and, and there's a couple things. It, honestly, the Nebraska situation is fascinating to me. One, because I think Matt rule is just a good dude and a good leader. Mm-hmm. Like watching those pregame speech things that he does in the locker room, like it's hard not to get amped up watching him talk and listening to what he has to say. But he had said something uh, at one of his weekly press conferences here recently where he was asked something about touchdown celebrations, and he kind of gave his viewpoint on one of the examples that was offered to him. And he said, well, that's that's what we're trying to do here with the culture reset. You you all keep asking, how do we lose these games close? We keep losing these games close. We keep losing these games close. These are the things that change that. And I was, I like, I listened to that answer. I'm like, man, I'm all about Matt Rule. And then uh, I was talking with uh, Matt Cotney of the Husker Radio Network. And we kind of asked the question about the the culture reset. And, and matter of fact, we asked specifically, is Nebraska looking at the Big Ten West, like, championship, like, as a, as a goal? Because it's in front of them. They're tied for first place. Like, we're, yeah. we're. We're not too far away from saying Nebraska might be going to Indianapolis. We're striking distance within, yeah. within striking distance of. So we kind of asked, like, is that one of the goals or what is it? And and Matt said, no. Matt Cotney, that is, said no. It Like, that's not the thought process. The thought process is each game. And he said that Matt Rule believes that's been part of the problem at Nebraska for some time 
is looking too far down the road, maybe taking assumptions, maybe taking things for granted. We have to stay locked in game by game. And, and that one struck me as, oh, he's right. Like that is been a Nebraska flaw. Like when Scott Frost was hired, there was the press conference where he said the Big Ten's going to have to adapt to us. Like there was a bit of arrogance, ignorance, Bravada. like, yeah, of like, we're big, bad Nebraska. We just wave our, our red flag and boom, we win. Recognize. Like there was, yeah. And, and it feels like Matt rule is kind of like, no, 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 we're, we're going to earn each step of the way. And I think like, this is all the, the nutritious seeds of planting something that's sure. formidable in the future. And I'm guessing he did this at temple. And I'm guessing he did this at Baylor. We just weren't exposed to it in the aspect of it's not in the conference in which we cover. Yeah. So we didn't see all of these these things that he does that you could if if you're watching him over the course of the year, you're seeing it. You know, these are happening, these talks, these responses. And it and and you know just as much as I do, when you put something out audibly, it become it starts to grow. Like you said, it's yep. those seeds of success we're gonna win we are winning we are a winning culture we are we do this we do that and then all of a sudden it becomes so you know mm -hmm. and through the practice of it so i think he's probably set this in motion from day one and it's just it's taking off a little quicker than we thought it would because it was looking bad for nebraska at the beginning of the season really bad mm-hmm and if you look at the last three games that they've played, they've won. They beat Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue. Just looking at it, you know, optically, it doesn't look that great. Illinois took Wisconsin to the end. Mm -hmm. Northwestern just got done beating Maryland, and we're, we'll talk about that. Purdue has beaten Illinois. They've played with Wisconsin for three quarters, so they're not as dumpster fire-ish as maybe as the two and six uh, record sh shows. So Nebraska's beating teams that are not just horrible, the dregs of the Big Ten. There, there, there are things happening in North or at Nebraska that it's not just hey they're taking advantage of the low low feeders, bottom feeders because they were supposed to be one of those. Mm -hmm. Well, and and by the way, a team that's also supposed to be a bottom feeder and now is also on the doorstep of potential both uh, bowl season eligibility. Northwestern, and you briefly yes. mentioned what yes. happened this last weekend. Northwestern beats Maryland and what is honestly just a head-scratcher because what did Maryland was, I, I did not watch this, no. No, I mean, see it happening. Like, did anybody think, oh, well, Northwest, no. Maryland better be on upset alert. No. Well, and, and again, Maryland, the way they were playing, honestly, Maryland went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Ohio State for a while yes. where, like, I thought Maryland was Into turning a page Into and – Northwestern now sits at four and four. And before the year, if you said Northwestern gets one win, I'd been like, that sounds about right. They, they had one Maybe. win last year. They, yeah, they, they had one win last year. The year before that, they had three wins. Like this program has been struggling for a bit. Then given the timing of the offseason adversity, when they, they got rid of Pat Fitzgerald and fired him in late July, right around the Big Ten media days, mm -hmm. like that, that's not enough time for somebody like David Braun, who's coming in from the FCS level, to be able to take the ropes and lead this team as an interim to any kind of success. Because already... 
we're talking about a team that doesn't have the same amount of talent as just about every other or any other Big Ten program in this conference. But somehow, dang it, they are four and four. And this is honestly one of the best rides and turnarounds, even though it's probably not going to, it definitely won't get national attention. It deserves some love because this is amazing. Does this get David Braun, the head coaching job at Northwestern, the job that he's done this far or thus far with, with the Wildcats and what they should have been. The fact that they're sitting at four and four after eight games, does this get him the head job permanently? That's the same curiosity I have too. And I don't know how, if you're Northwestern, you don't look at him hard as maybe your favorite candidate at this point. I don't point. know how you haven't already named him drop the interim because coaching at Northwestern is a special thing. Okay. So like you've got to have it's it's you can have good seasons, but it's not going to be year after year. And in order to be successful, it's kind of like with the basketball with Collins. He, he played as or he coached his way into off the hot seat into probably an extension <laughs> last yeah. year. It doesn't happen. They happen on cycles. Mike Corsi even said Northwestern plays on a four year cycle to where every four to five, three to four years, they're good. They have mm-hmm. a cycle kind of the same way with football, but they just always seem to, you have to have a special type of coach. And even if it's a stepping stone for David Braun, he had no intention of being a coach, a head coach at the division one level at this point, but he got thrown into the fire and he has been to do this at Northwestern with what happened. It's amazing. It, It is amazing. And the only caveat that I had not thought of, and it was brought to my attention by Jason Gotch of the Illinois radio network is the coaching staff around David Braun it's still Fitzgerald's staff. Yeah. Now, a lot of them have worn the the cats against the world. They've worn shirts in support of Pat Fitzgerald. And we know there's a bit of a, a discourse between them and the administration because the administration fired Pat Fitzgerald. So there might be some hesitation to, to elevate Braun to permanent head coach or make him the head coach, rather, um, given that his staff currently is the Pat Fitzgerald staff. Okay. And so I, that was it's one I didn't even think about me either. And when it was brought to my attention, I was like, okay, I kind of see how that could all play into this, but taking that aside, I'm with you. I don't know how based on merit and, and what he's done this year, how he couldn't have that job. Uh, well, here's the thing. This is his, his interview. I would think the, yeah. the season, and nobody else gets the opportunity to take the team that he had to inherit and perform. You know, they've just got to say, Hey, we've got, we're upstart. This guy's done it with the dudes that are in your locker room, you know, and has shown that they can play a very competitive and successful up through eight weeks because we don't know what the other four weeks are going to bring. They could go zero and four and end up, you know, at, at four and eight. We don't know. But at this point, shoot four and eight looks fantastic oh my gosh again if it <laughs> honestly before the season we say the one win like if they were one in 11 i'd be like you know what not bad yeah given yeah, everything that happened the adversity what you were last year like <laughs> yeah not bad yeah. like to get to four is unreal and there's still chances if you look at that remaining schedule for them to pick up one or two more like if northwestern goes to a bowl game oh my gosh yeah like that's amazing 
Um, yeah, I, be, because nobody foresaw this. If no. they can, if they could pull out two more wins, like that, that would. I'm I'm pulling up their schedule real quick. They, I mean, they've got uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue, Illinois. It's definitely doable. Yeah, like it's it, now. It's is possible. it a given? No, it's not a given, but it is possible with the remaining schedule. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is something else. Um, let's go ahead and move forward uh, to Maryland because we talked about them on the losing end of that game. I mean, for me, what I took away from this, I'm not sure what you had, Sam. I, I was kind of shocked and disappointed just because I, I thought Maryland was prime for some special things this year based on how the beginning of the season went. But to me, this more and more solidified in my mind that for Maryland, once Talia Tungavailoa goes, this is this is not necessarily a sustainable thing. This is going to be a 15 to uh, a 14 to 16 seeded team in the Big Ten if they if they were starting next year. I mean, yeah. honestly, there's going to be a few teams that are maybe worse than them, but it's you're right. Talia leaves. I don't know that there's going to be much driving the bus to make the. I mean, and 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 hopefully they 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 prove me wrong. But I just have no confidence that after he leaves, that it's going to be much. I don't know. I mean, they're not yeah. the team that I follow follow the most, but I do pay attention, and it, it seems. I mean, he threw for two hundred and seventy four yards against Northwestern. They scored twenty seven points. Now, should they have scored more? Sure, but they're all defense. I don't know. Let's let's call what it is. We we were just talking up Northwestern. Northwestern's still not a great team. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be losing. A Maryland team should not be losing to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. That's I mean we're playing both sides of the coin. Great win for Northwestern. Bad loss for Maryland. Well, and and I mean you can take it with those contexts, right? Like mm-hmm. you could say Northwestern's winning in spite of it's talent compared to the rest of the big 10 conference. Like, like that's, that's fair to say Maryland's got the talent advantage in that matchup. And so for them to lose it, I mean, mean, again, that's why we praise Northwestern is they're finding ways to win without just out athletic. They're playing you. However, what winning word that is. Yeah. Like they're, they're finding other ways to win. However you want to gauge that, whether it be heart motivation, whatever the, the pride, intangibles you want to point to is um but yeah for maryland that's that's a tough blow for the terps um this weekend maryland has number 11 penn state coming to college easier (laughs) and and for penn state it's a team where i you saw them lose that game against ohio state and then last week indiana was putting it on them for a minute and you sat there and you're like what did everything just collapse for penn state you halfway wonder i mean everybody has a bad game but now I mean, they like, came back and won that yeah, I, I they should did win we keep going, but they but. didn't blow the doors off them like they should have mm-hmm. i you put a lot of points on the board for this elite defense that we've been talking up the team that just got done holding Nor- ohio number one ohio state to 20 points and you give up 24 to iu <laughs> by the way number one ohio state we had our first college football playoff rankings and that's what you're uh alluding, alluding to. to yep any problem with the uh, Ohio State one, Georgia two, Michigan three? No, uh, no. Honestly, because of who they beat, maybe even uh, more upset that Florida State was sitting at four and not maybe at three or two, because they have a better win than either Michigan or 
uh, Georgia. Honestly, I'm. I think Ohio State has the best. They they have a win over a top ten Notre Dame and a top ten Penn State. That to me does say, like it or not, Ohio State's got the best resume at this point, so they should be number one. And I don't disagree. It was interesting though. I hadn't given it really any thought and I didn't watch the program live, but it struck up on my phone. And it was like, here's your, your rankings, Michigan three, Georgia two, Ohio state one. And I was like, what? Like, it just like caught me off guard. I'm like, Ohio state <laughs> one. Like, that way at all this year I, ever. I was like, that's, I don't think they're the best team in the country. And then I sat there for a moment. I chewed it on like on it. And I was like, you know what? This is the committee commending them for playing a, a couple of tough games and winning tough games. Yeah. Like, 100% can get behind this. Yeah. 100%. It's not that I like it because I'm not a fan of Ohio State, but I agree with them being number one right now just because of the anal uh, analyzing of the data that they, they, they are at this point after, what, week nine or whatever it is, mm -hmm. the best team in the country right now. Yeah, I, I like the way they, they took that in and gave them points for right. it, especially the non-conference game. They went to Notre Dame. Yeah, it wasn't like, a neutral site. They went into the heart of the beast, and uh, granted, it took them 10 players on the field. You know, they probably yeah. might have won anyways, but you just can't know. It took them the last play, a walk-off, but still they won. They went in, yep. they held Notre Dame to enough points that all they had to do is score a touchdown on the last play. That's it. And in terms of top competition, that's easily by and far away more than what Georgia and Michigan have done. Oh, for sure. Like Georgia and Michigan have played nobody yet. Well, like we've already we've already spoke to this. The Michigan's first test is next week. Mm -hmm. So it's not even this week. We're in November, and it's next week is their first test of the year. When they play a reeling Penn State team, as we just talked about, is, right. is next week. Um, and then you also have, I mean, if we just want to keep hitting on storylines before to get to this week's games, <laughs> um, we we I'll be completely transparent. We we are recording this a little bit ahead of time, so just in case, because with this Michigan story, there is it's something new almost day. almost every hour. So as we currently sit, uh, the news is fairly fresh that. Uh, head coaches from around the Big Ten Conference had a conference call with the commissioner, Tony Petiti, and expressed their frustration and displeasure of the accused Michigan cheating scheme that was put into place. And many of the coaches it, uh, reportedly are in chorus that there needs to be action because the amount of or the degree that this schematic system went to uh, absolutely is far and away more than what other programs are doing in terms of their scouting or whatever. Like it did create and, and kind of manufacture advantages outside the rules. Mm -hmm. So I find this to be very interesting. Again, we, we get a new story or new element to the story every day. Central Michigan right now is investigating if Connor Stallions was on the sideline of the Michigan State game for Central Michigan. There are photos of the the TV broadcast. That's what they're investigating. They they said they went back through their lists and they don't have his name on there to get a credential. But you can see in the TV picture, there's a man who Somebody looks that looks like him a lot like Connor Stallions. If it is not Connor Stallions, and he's wearing a credential, so how did that all happen? There's an investigation into that. Like there is so much around this story. And you start to wonder if that many, if if the coaches are in unison about what needs to be happening here, do we see something before we get to that Michigan Ohio State game? 
is it possible? And I don't know if it is or not. I really don't. Were they so? Are they saying it took place even as as late as this year during games this year? Yes. Okay. Is there a chance in the world? And I don't know. This is me asking seriously your thought. Mm-hmm. A chance in the world that they basically give Michigan the death penalty this year just for the season and say, well, your guys are done. I don't know. And and this is where because they did it this year. That would be what my precedence would be, maybe. Well, and you're you're not wrong, but my thing is legally and, and working through some of those That's things. I was asking. I, I'm not sure how this necessarily can work out either, where NCAA still hasn't concluded its investigation. Um, the Big Ten, I, I don't believe, has even opened one up yet. I think they're still taking into account just what's going on. I don't think there's like an active investigation by the conference, however. Are the, um, the conference just going on what the NCAA comes, with, comes away with? I, I think they're just right now kind of taking everything in, and I think they're kind of of the mind of, well, we don't need to start an investigation until the NCAA has an investigation. We have those findings or whatever. Like, I think they're letting that step first to see what comes out from it. And maybe they're okay with what comes out from it. And they, and I should be clear. I'm not a hundred percent sure that's what's happening, but it, it appears to be kind of that way. I mean, the big 10, it appears they're, they're being proactive. Like they're talking with the other coaches, they're doing things, but in terms of investigation or legally, I'm not sure what the next step is for the big 10 conference. Like all this is very odd. And I want to remind everybody we're three weeks away from that Ohio state Michigan game. So the idea of is something going to happen in the next three weeks to me seems tough. Like I'm not sure what you can do in three weeks to this program, I keep thinking it's going to have to be a retroactive penalty. Those are horrible too. They are like that. They're that's not justice. Horrible. No, it's, it's not. not justice. Um, I mean, we still remember Reggie Bush winning the Heisman, even though he's not a Heisman winner now. Like wait, right. we remember Louisville cutting down the nets in 2013, even though the banner is out of the KFC yum center. Like we, we experienced makes me, it cracks me up. I love saying it. Um, <laughs> But we still have all of those memories. So it's it, you're right. Like, it's not a justified punishment, but I don't know what you can do in the next three weeks legally. I, I actually don't right. know what can or can't be done. Well, it was like we were talking last week when this first, where we were getting more information. And we've talked about this. This will be the third straight week we've talked about this. And the issue that I have, I, I, I'm fully on Michigan, it looks more and more like Michigan did something abhorrent compared to just showing up days uh, to games and trying to steal signs. Mm -hmm. That's within the rules, in my opinion. You're just watching them in game and you're trying to find the, 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 the signs that mean things. That's part of competition. You know, do a better job hiding what you're doing if you don't want somebody stealing it in game. But go sending. This dude not even on the staff of Central Michigan on the sidelines? That's dirty stuff. And then his scene and taking pictures on the sidelines with Michigan coordinators. So you know that it just, you know, there's something sleazy happening. But but to the, back to the retroactive thing that you, you and I have talked about last week was, does that make Purdue the 2022 <laughs> Big Ten champions? And if it does, what's the big deal? I mean, so what? Yeah. You know, we saw the game happen. Michigan put it to Purdue. Well, if they just vacate it, um, it wouldn't give and Purdue not forfeit. Title. 
Correct. If they they have to forfeit the results, I suppose that's a thing. But I would imagine this just ends up in in vacating. Um, but still, I'm I'm very curious. And I mean, to your point about how deep does it go? Like, we have an active investigation now with Central Michigan, seeing if he's at the game uh, stealing signs for a different team than the one he's hired by. Uh, there are reports on social media, take them for what you are or accusations more so, uh, from uh, message board users or whatever. So again, maybe not the most credible, but there are reports <laughs> that <Keyboard warrior>. <laughs> <laughs> like it, there there's talk. It's possibility of, of hacking into practice footage. I mean, we're, I, I don't know. Like, again, these are all accusations, allegations, but we could be looking at another, kind of form of spy gate, but even more intense than what we had in the NFL with what Michigan's doing. Uh, possibly. I mean, I'm not sure how deep this goes, but there is a lot of smoke uh, around well, some wrongdoing. And with, with it happening like this, I think they need to do something swift. Mm-hmm. They need uh, within within legalities. I know that that seems to a lot of people to, to kind of stink to say it's got to be within the legal you know system or whatever. That that is so we don't rush to judgment, kids. Mm-hmm. That's so things don't get rushed to where we miss something to where it's somebody's guilty because we hurried and missed something. We want to make sure that everything's done right because what if <clears throat> excuse me, it's not as bad. I, I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying what if something was missed in this rush that actually does exonerate everybody except for his stallions, other than him. Not saying it is, it just what happens if. Mm-hmm. And then these kids are getting lambasted and punished for something that they didn't really. It was one rogue thing. Now, the more, but the longer you investigate, the more you can get into who knew what. Who mm-hmm. knew what. It just is unfortunate that we're down to five or three weeks, four weeks, five if you want to count the Big Ten championship before the end of the regular season that this is coming out now so it's unfortunate because they're not going to take this team off the field i just didn't know if how far are they in their investigation are we two weeks behind in what we're finding out compared to where they're at in their investigation and they can wrap it up quick or and have it be sound or are we just kind of like you said going to wait for retroactive stuff well and that's what again like the the pessimistic side of me says uh, the process is going to take more than three weeks. Oh, it sure. just, that's, that's just what, and, and again, that's just what we've point, witnessed. And to your point, the system and process is there for a reason. Like I'm not necessarily sure. railing against it, but you're right. Like the way it's lining up with the calendar is extremely unfortunate where the only justification that could maybe happen, it appears as of now will be a retroactive one, not a proactive one. And I, I'm not sure if anybody's at fault for that, but it, it sure does suck. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we'll we'll kind of have to see what happens there. But let's go unless, ahead and move unless, to... Well, in one last thing real quick. Unless yeah. something comes up that makes it so obvious that they can come to a ruling right now. Mm-hmm. And I would think that that would have already come up. But something, unless something is discovered that, that immediately either exonerates or absolutely convicts the coaching staff at Michigan we're going to be waiting a while i think until we come up to a decision well and again i'm not a legal expert i think it's possible 
something could pop up like what you're saying, but I think it's most likely that we're looking at it plays out through the rest right. of the year. And that's what so I, I think we're on the is, same page. I, I, unless that comes out, I, you, you're, 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 you're trying to fight windmills. If you, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with Don Quixote, uh, you're, you're fighting windmills. If, if, uh, you think it's going to happen right now. I mean, stranger things have happened to where it w- might come out, but more than likely you're going to see one, something happen in like February yeah, or later coming I'm, out I'm, about this season. It definitely is fascinating. Nonetheless, I'm really anticipating the 30 for 30 that comes at us years down the road of all <laughs> yes, this. I think yes. that's going to be amazing. I'm um, laughing because that's so accurate because you know something <laughs> will come out of this because there was even, a, a, and I don't know how, you know how well Photoshop is done. There's some pretty convincing Photoshops out there now, but there was a shot of uh, Stallions and Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines against, against TCU. And Harbaugh's sitting there say, looking looking one way. Stallions is turned just right to where you can see what's on his card. And that's where it would be potentially Photoshopped because it was all the TCU. You could see like different things from TCU signs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it said, you know, that, you know, they trailed uh, TCU and there's Stallions right next to Harbaugh with all the TCU signs. If that's accurate and they just, you know, I mean, that's, that's how I don't know. It, and then there was a reports by Ross Dellinger that TCU was hinted or tipped off yes. that that's a that this is a thing Michigan does, and they implemented a whole dummy system and which is brilliant. Michigan, which is which, brilliant. It is amazing. Like if all that's true again, a 30 for 30, this would be one of the most fascinating like stories to unravel. Um, and, and I'm completely bypassing the the idea that we need to get justice for a competitive balance system, yada, yeah. yada, yada. Like we've talked about that. I, I We definitely still need to see that happen. But I am fascinated. You know, fascinated that, you know to that, see this. that gif of Michael Jackson eating the popcorn? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I would be doing for that. 30 <laughs> <to 30. laughs> All right. Real quick, let's move to this weekend's games because I do want to talk a little basketball too yes. here before we end up uh, shutting. Sorry. Shutting Sorry down. to tangent there. Well, there's so many big storylines in mm-hmm. in the Big Ten, and Michigan football is certainly one of the biggest. Um, Nebraska goes to East Lansing. Nebraska fighting for bowl eligibility, as we talked about. Michigan State has senior day. Last game at Spartan Stadium already here on November 4th because, you remember, they go to Ohio State next week. They go to Indiana the week after, and then they have Ford Field game uh, against Penn State, yeah, Penn State. Uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Which is going to be a really cool environment to watch a game because – Come on. Yeah, that that's just cool. The land grant trophy being decided in the pro stadium. It's that is pretty cool. Um, the day following uh, a, a Detroit Lions game. So like you can go to Detroit and enjoy NFL and, and NCAA and back to back days. Uh, number one, Ohio State goes to Piscataway, New Jersey uh, to take on Rutgers. Spread set right now, 18 and a half points. Uh, I, I think, think number that's... one, Ohio State wins, but I do think it's going to be a bit of an ugly game. Like, I think these are two uh, gritty teams. Ohio State, yeah, we went from a couple of years ago of Ohio State being like all like flash in terms of just so much, and they still have a ton of athleticism, but For it sure. was just like, we're going to light up the scoreboard with 60 points a game, do something. And now they're like mm-hmm. back to like 2002 Ohio State where it's like, yeah, defense rules like we're gonna score 17 points and win (laughs) like we flip brand identity real fast with the buckeyes we're turning into iowa (laughs) 
it was really bizarre how quick. Um, Wisconsin goes to Indiana uh, for all intents and purposes. Wisconsin probably wins that game. You would like to think so. Indiana is one of the few Power Five teams. <laughs> you figure Penn State, they'd blow game. Penn State away too, but or Penn right. State would blow them away, but they didn't. So we'll we'll see what happens. Those all and three that of those was games at, are at Penn noon. State. You're right, right. This uh, is at IU. We talked about eleven Penn State going to Maryland. Illinois goes to Minnesota. Uh, this is a three thirty kick. The spread has uh, Minnesota at one and a half points favored. Again, Minnesota tied for first place in that Big Ten West. This is one of those games that will really mean something in determining the winner. The I think uh, in in ranking those top, uh, what is it? You said it was a four way tie for first, right? Mm-hmm. So of those four games, Wisconsin at IU, Nebraska at Michigan State, Illinois at Minnesota, and then the one we're getting ready to talk about, Iowa at Northwestern. I think Minnesota's got the toughest game. Okay. I, I'd say you're fair. Yeah. I would say they have the toughest game um, because Illinois is not terrible, as in, as Charles Barkley would say. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, one and a half points. That means they think uh, Illinois is actually a little bit better since it's at Minnesota and they get three points for being at home. Which I found that part interesting. So yeah. I, I, I think that's maybe the big game to really watch for. Minnesota beat Iowa, kids. Come on. <laughs> on the invalid fair catch signal, which made yeah. its way to the World Series. By the way, I don't know if anybody saw this, but the uh, uh, there's a Iowa fan that sat behind home plate and made invalid fair catch signals behind home plate during the World Series, which is, yeah, which is just, I mean, chef's kiss, guy. That was, that was perfect. That's brilliant. Um, That's it brilliant. really was. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about Iowa. Iowa and Northwestern, this one coming from Sam Sprunger's home in Wrigley Field. Yeah, which I would love to. Uh, it's funny that I'm wearing my shirt that says Wrigley Field <laughs> on it this morning, too. Um, and a Cubs uh, hat. And, and, a, and a Cubs hat. But like, who would have thought? Now, granted, it's it's Wrigley Field, but who would have thought this would have held more, been this important at the beginning of the year? Yeah, this is important to both teams. Honestly, Iowa needs the win to stick keep pace. If Northwestern wins this, goodness. Yep, you better recognize Northwestern as maybe doing the most Northwestern thing that Northwestern does, and come out of nowhere and go to Indy. (laughs) <laughs> and well, and if Northwestern wins this one, they're one win away from bowl eligibility. And again, we talked about earlier how the, the cards were against this group. I mean, that's that's amazing stuff. But where we've totally undercut the headline here, this is a historic moment, Sam. And it is a historic moment because since betting odds, spreads, over-unders have been this. documented, <laughs> never in college football history. Have we seen an over-under under 30 until Iowa Northwestern? The over-under set at 29 and a half. And a half. Okay. Wow. Now, look, I'm not uh, a betting man. I've actually never placed a sports bet in, in my life. But Neither Sam, for you, Sam, I, since you're not one either, if you were one, just put the hat on for a moment. Okay. Could this even tempt you into taking the over? Because everybody no. hits the Iowa under every time. You, you say no. I would you, still take the under. <laughs> I honestly would take the under. Iowa is not a good. There is no I in Iowa. <laughs> There's no O in Iowa. Sorry, not no I. There is an I. Iowa is not a good offense. 
the fact that last week we were or bef- last week we were talking about Iowa's uh basically once the the kick return got nullified they packed it in they were at midfield and they packed it in basically that's they had the ball a minute game. and a half with timeouts a minute and a half to, with timeouts to uh, to advance 25 yards and get close enough to kick a winning field goal not just a tying a winning field goal and so no and and northwestern while they're playing better Iowa still has a really, really good defense. Yep. So I'm seeing like a 14-10 game. That's what I'm seeing. Like, and I don't know if you're familiar with Wrigley Field, but when the wind comes off the lake, it is abhorrently horrible to try to kick in those. So Iowa may have to watch out for in their punting game because there may be a 25 mile an hour wind in their face that they try to kick it and it's i don't know i don't know i I think we can all agree if we're looking at a 14 10 game the clock shouldn't stop on (laughs) any out of bounds anything like just keep the clock moving like it's let's (laughs) i mean we talk about how long games have become over time and it's really the commercial's fault but like we can, we can just keep it going. Like, keep it running while you go yeah. to commercial. I don't care. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but uh, this watch this Northwestern Iowa game will be thirty five to twenty eight. Like they they both teams will blow up for something. I want something just uniquely dumb to happen from this game. Thirty eight, thirty five, um, in quadruple overtime. I would love nothing more than something like that. So yeah. we'll see what we get from that. What's uh, the spread it, on that? Uh, Iowa savored by five. Jeez. They're okay. Okay. I, I guess that's not a horrible spread. Mm-hmm. Iowa should win this game. Agreed. Completely agreed. Should. <laughs> yeah. We went through their, they should have beat Minnesota, but they didn't. But so, so and a like, lot of times oh. they, like you mentioned, a uh, home team will get three points uh, for the home field advantage, but this one's played at Wrigley field and there's going to be more Iowa fans and Northwestern fans. Oh, for sure. So that three point like concept is kind of gone well, when you're talking neutral, about this. neutral fields teams yeah. don't get points. They are, you know, for being home, even, even though it's just down the road for Northwestern, yeah, it, but like doesn't matter, it's, it's right. a neutral site. <laughs> um, and then finally to wrap up football before we head to basketball, um, Purdue has the night game. They're traveling to Ann Arbor to take on number three, Michigan. Uh, Michigan favored by 32 and a half points on that one. Oh, gosh. I hate saying this. It's probably not enough. And we'll move to basketball because it looks good for <laughs> Purdue and Michigan State and some of these other programs that just can't wait to get the season going on the hardwood. I'm hard so excited. <laughs> I am. So, I really am. I, I am too. And by the way, we had this past weekend some amazing exhibition games. Uh, where Purdue actually lost in the exhibition game. Michigan State lost in the exhibition game. They're both uh, real good games, though. Tremendous games. Purdue lost to Arkansas. Michigan State lost to Tennessee. To Sam's did point, you, they are great games. Did you see what Tennessee posted? As Didn't the final count. score? Didn't <laughs> count. And that was it. <laughs> so, it was so good. Like, they had this big, like, end of game, you know, graphic made up and showed showed Tennessee, you know, I did dunking or making it doing a jump shot or something. And it says Michigan state, Tennessee didn't count. <laughs> <And that was laughs> it. But 
I got to tell you, I thought that was an amazing exhibition. And I know we've gotten kind of accustomed and we've normalized like the secret scrimmages. And I think those maybe have a place. But here you had an opportunity to open things up to the public. Had maybe, besides the Michigan game this year, that might be the best environment the Breslin Center has for the entire season. Really? For the entire season. Yeah, Purdue doesn't come there this year, so. I mean, and the place was through the roof. Anytime Michigan shows up, like that one's yeah, going to be up there right. too. But that, matter the records, nothing. It just it, the environment's there. Yeah, for an yeah. environment like that, that Tennessee exhibition was up there as as one of the best, and and maybe just about the best they'll have all year there. So right. you have that going on. You get these players to play in front of big lights, and I mean, for Tennessee, Dalton Connect just went off the transfer from Northern Colorado. And Rick Barnes had had said, because they had both the coaches on headsets uh, quite frequently throughout the broadcast. And Rick Barnes had said, I haven't seen him play quite this way, uh, like until this point, uh, especially defensively, he said. Yeah. But that's one of the, the factors of having the lights on. You get to see who steps up. And now they know a little bit more about their team. And both teams got to practice end of game situations without it mattering, like right. without it counting. But the right. way they, they treated that game and approached that game as if it was a real game, I think there was so much value from that. But also, again, burying the headline, there's some value out of giving back to, to Maui and, and what this was all about for Michigan State, Tennessee, and Illinois, who upset number one Kansas in the exhibition game. Their match was for uh, proceeds going to the tragedy in Maui as well. Uh, so you you raised money for a good cause. You open it up to, to people to um, have this great experience, and you got to learn more about your team. Like To me, this checked all the boxes. This is a winning thing and should become a, a more frequent thing. Well, it absolutely should because this is, like you said, this is your chance to play against the top-level program and see where your team matches up, how well they match up, and it doesn't matter how it came out. I would love for ESPN to not even put a score up, honestly. You play a first and second half, and wherever it ends, it ends. Mm -hmm. We don't need a winner and a loser. This is literally a an exhibition game. The same as, you know, Purdue just played uh, the number two team in NAIA for their ex exhibition game. Grace beat College. 40, beat them by 45 points. But nobody cared. Grace was ecstatic to be able to go play at, at a sold-out arena, at Mackey Arena, against the top-level NCAA team. And Purdue gets their practice, uh, it, but in a game situation. Just don't keep the score, I, honestly, in those, because then you, it, I love the, the scrimmages against these top-level teams. I Purdue played uh, Arkansas very well in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. So like that, that's a tough environment to go to Fayetteville and play. They took them to overtime and they ended up falling short, but you know, who, who cares? They played really well in an environment they weren't used to. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I do. I don't necessarily have a problem like with the score posting, because to me, we're going to forget all about this by the end of the month. Yeah. Like, like, and it's not on the record. So like, I'm, I'm, I just, I see so much good out of this. I, sure. I hope this becomes a thing year after year year after year and we we got to learn some more about Michigan State we got to learn more about Illinois Illinois seems to to be able to to kind of fix this with Ty Rogers running the point which was interesting and a big question yeah. mark heading into the year so I don't know about you but I felt a little bit more strong about 
okay, Purdue, Michigan State, one and two. Illinois might be three for me That's right what now. What I was going to say is I haven't seen what Maryland did, but I, maybe it's a fight between uh, between those two for number three. Because I like Maryland too. Like I'm, yeah. I'm with you. That's that's yeah. one of the teams I'm, I'm high on. I don't know that either one of those teams are going to press Michigan State and Purdue though. I just don't see it happening this year. And I don't disagree. I, I think they're in a league of their own when you're looking at Purdue and and Michigan State. But still, like it's it's pretty exciting. I wanted to pull up the basketball schedule because it starts this upcoming Monday. The season gets tipped off. Uh, for the Big Ten Conference, let's see, Michigan State will be hosting James Madison Monday night. That's at 8.30. Number three, Purdue will host Samford at 6.30. Penn State hosts Delaware State at 7 o'clock. Uh, Rutgers hosts Princeton at 7 o'clock. Ohio State hosts Oakland at 7 o'clock. Number 25, Illinois will host Eastern Illinois at 8 o'clock. Wisconsin will host Arkansas State at 8 o'clock. Nebraska will host Lindenwood at 8 p.m. Minnesota will host Bethune at 8 o'clock. And Northwestern will host Binghamton at 8 o'clock. Again, that's all this Monday as the season gets tipped off. No real marquee matchups, but we can just celebrate that basketball's back. Oh, <laughs> so excited for it all right i i know we're starting to press up a, against the clock uh, and since we're on the topic of big 10 basketball there was a major story uh that broke out here this week where bob knight a uh, legendary indiana basketball coach legendary just basketball coach in general yeah. uh the general uh had passed away and a lot of different stories started to flood all over social media a lot of people paying their respects um uh, again, I, I don't know how you can be a Big Ten basketball fan and say you weren't influenced in some fashion mm-hmm. by Bob Knight, and I know you feel that way even as a Purdue fan. For sure. I, uh, I've i gone on the record talking about I hated Bob Knight because he was at IU. Once <laughs> he left IU, I actually I, I really liked Bob Knight. I liked listening to him. He knew the game of basketball like no other, and uh, – there were uh, the, a couple of years back we were talking, a uh, buddy of mine and me were talking, and he said, what are your top five coaches? And uh, it was, you know, Pat Summit was included in there, but Bob Knight was in that top five because mm-hmm. of just what he did. It was an amazing, he was an amazingly good coach. He was a basketball mind and what he was able to do. Now let's let's take what happened at the end of his tenure at IU and let's let's not worry about that but think about what he did while he was there. He's the last coach to go undefeated in a men's uh college basketball season. That's and that was 1976. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a long time. That's older than me. Like it hasn't happened in my lifetime to where I've seen an undefeated team. And and so for him to be able to do that uh as much as it killed me, you know, watching IU succeed, I knew it was because of Bob Knight. Now he brought in players. Don't get me wrong, but he he also didn't. But he didn't bring in players that were NBA stars. He brought in great basketball players that were going to finish their career and graduate with a degree and go on and do something with their life. So he 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 was one whale of a coach. I I really do did. I'm I, I miss him on the sidelines because whenever you were playing against Bob Knight, you wanted to beat him because you knew if you beat him, you were beating one of the best ever to, to coach. 
And you mentioned the 1976 season, a national championship, 1981, 1987. Yeah. He had three of them uh, by the time he finished. And of course, the resume goes way beyond just the national championships. And again, just to, in terms of an influence, I mean, you and I both grew up in the state of Indiana, yeah. and it's hard not to have some sort of Bob Knight touch on your childhood growing up in the Hoosier State because, I mean, it's it's what everybody was all about. And I, honestly, you would play for coaches and Bob Knight philosophies it would try to kind of seep in. Yeah. Uh, I, the way he did things with the motion offense from an X's and O's standpoint. Refused to play a, a zone. I mean, it, it, this he absolutely was an icon in every sense of the word, uh, but he passed away this week at the age of 83. We wanted to pay our respects, as many have been on social media as well. It's uh, it's really been kind of fun to relive some of these stories, but prayers and condolences, of course, to the Knight family as they go through I, this. I told you my first memory of college basketball, didn't I, in the past? I'm not sure you did. My first cognizant memory of college basketball is... Bob Knight throwing the chair across the court against Purdue because I was at my grandparents' house watching the game with my grandfather, who was an IU fan, and I was a Purdue fan. I couldn't understand why Bob Knight was throwing it. That's how young I was. I was, I was, yeah, I didn't understand why he was throwing it. And then, you know, of course, my grandpa was like, what in the world is going on here? But that's my first college basketball memory of my life is Bob Knight throwing the chair across the court against Purdue. Well, maybe later today, Sam, after we finish recording, you can throw a chair as well. And, and I will. <laughs> I will. In, great in, idea, actually. This is right. what we should be doing to pay Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we've had a lot of fun here on Big Talk. We're going to close down this week's episode. Sam, on the way out the door, tell everybody where they can find us. Yes, sir. On the TikToks, the Instagram, and the platform formerly known as Twitter. We are at B1G underscore talk Dalton. That's B1G, not B-I-G. Keep the one. Just always when you're starting to type, do one-handed typing and just keep the one finger up so you know it's one, not I. <laughs> I'll at work B1, on that. At B1G underscore talk for those three platforms. B1G talk on Facebook. B1G talk, not all big talk, just big talk. Uh, we're streamed every week on ASAP Network uh, every Friday morning, which... We're almost done this week. But uh, uh, if you miss our stream and want to watch us, you can go to Spotify and uh, watch the video, or you can find the audio anywhere you find a podcast through Lounge Media Group. All right. Well, a big thank you to all of you for tuning in and joining us for another yeah. episode of Big Talk. College sports with a Midwest perspective, blue collar and blue blood. Everybody have a great weekend of college football season again. And go have some fun with the Big Ten basketball season tipping off this upcoming Monday. We're so excited about it. <laughs> I love it. That's Sam Sprugger. I'm Dalton Shetler. So long, everybody. See ya. See ya.